Oh, yeah, you're turned in for another three hours of rock and positive talk radio. David Essel in the box with you. Welcome to David Essel Live, America's positive radio talk show celebrating 22 years on the air. Broadcasting live at a studio in Los Angeles, California. So glad to have you with us. Yes, there is a slight frog in the old voice here as we're uh, battling back from something this week. We don't know really what it was. Is it a allergic reaction or some kind of minor cold? We're not sure, but it doesn't stop us here. Hey, if you have a question about love, about life, about losing weight, letting go of an addiction, making more money, call us right now. Free coaching on the air. one 800 Five four eight eight two five five one eight hundred five four eight eight two five five. David Essel Live, XM Channel two forty six, and we stream worldwide at talkdavid.com. Proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network for the past twenty two years. America's positive radio talk show. Hell yeah! One eight hundred five four eight eight two five five. In a couple minutes, we're going to go right to one of your questions. One of our listeners, David, I've been in and out of three relationships in the last 12 months. I want to know why relationships in general do not last. We're going to tell you why. Three keys. We're going to talk about the three top reasons relationships do not last. Coming up in a couple minutes here. Our guest for this week and extremely unique and different. Andy Kagan is going to start us off. Author of the book. The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, How My Bad Boy Brother Proved to Me There Is Life After Death. Jan Close is next, the musician. Brand new album, CD, Mosaic. We're going to talk about personal responsibility and fending for yourself in life, that taking charge of your own life, being responsible for your own life. And then Dr. Joe Dispenza returns, the author of the book, Evolve Your Brain, The Science of Changing Your Mind. So you have a question, you have a call right now that you want to get a hold of us with. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Something on your mind that you've been stuck with. Maybe you're procrastinating over making that big change that you've wanted to make. It could be something we mentioned earlier. Maybe you're stuck in a love relationship that's not working. Or maybe you're single and saying, How the heck do I find someone in this wild, wacky world of dating? How do I find someone who's a a good match for me, compatible? So let me go back to this question. I have been in and out of three relationships in the last 12 months. I want to know why relationships in general do not last. I live in a big city, so it's not hard finding men to date. But it's been really hard finding a sustainable, long-term relationship. I'm 35 years old looking forward to marrying, and maybe even having kids. That's not for sure, but I'm open to that opportunity. So let me tell you the three top reasons why relationships don't last. Number one is not being honest from the beginning. We have talked about this so many times where people will say, yes, I love to do X, fill in the blank. I love the I love movies, and they really don't, or I love sports, and they don't, or I love seafood, and they don't, or whatever it is, you know, or... Um, someone might say, you know, I'm not really social. I just like to hang out and relax. And the other person will go, oh, my God, that sounds so great because I'm always on the go and I'm tired of being on the go, right? And then all of a sudden they realize that they're an extremely social person and they miss that being social out in the world. So here they've given up something they love to be with someone else that's just clearly not compatible. Um, there might be sexual incompatibilities, where that someone might say, you know, I really, really love to be intimate or I love 
public displays of affection or I love all these different things. And the other person says, oh, my gosh, that sounds so great. Me, too, when they really don't. Um, maybe in the beginning we say yes that we enjoy things or we'll do something for our partner just to get them to be quiet. But we don't follow through with it. You know, like we say, yes, we'll do A, B, C, D, or E, but we don't because we really don't want to, but we don't want to rock the boat and stand up and say, you're never going to see me do that or wear that, or you're never going to see me be like that in bed for you or whatever it might be, right? But we say, yes, we're going to, to get our partner just to be quiet, but then we never follow through. So that's one of the reasons relationships break up. Um, The second reason, and this is so important to listen to, is that we have not cleared up our past. We still might have anger against a former girlfriend or a former wife who took advantage of us, maybe with our time or took advantage of our money or whatever it might be. And we've never really cleared those resentments up, you know, and so we bring those into a future relationship. It could be a woman that has a former husband or a former boyfriend that cheated on her. Uh, maybe abused her physically, maybe abused her mentally, and she's never cleared that up. And so what happens is we project that pain and those resentments on our current partner. And so that's another reason that relationships don't last. And then the, the last reason is resentments that we hold against ourselves. Like we might be in a relationship for two months, six months, a year, And maybe we have resentments against ourselves because of the fact that we haven't been honest with our partner. And so we're kind of frustrated with them, but really the frustration with with ourselves. We sit in there and go, why can't you just say your truth? Why can't you say that doesn't work for me? And if that's what you want, I'm going to have to walk away. So we have resentments against ourselves. So those are the three reasons why the three main reasons why relationships don't last is that we haven't been honest from the beginning. Um, We have not cleared up our past resentments against former lovers, and we have not taken care of our old resentments or our own, I should say, resentments due to the fact that this lack of honesty. Does that make sense? Call me, 1-800-548-8255. You have thoughts, you have questions on this topic that we're talking about right now if you want to join in. If you have other reasons you believe that relationships don't last would love to know it. And you know, and, and these, these three that I talked about, they, it all comes down to a lack of accountability. It comes down to a lack of uh, being compatible. You know, that people just aren't compatible in love. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, that's why they call it dating. They don't call it finding. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, my Lord. Oh, gosh, we're getting a ton of emails in all about dating now. 1-800-548-8255. Hey, if you want to text us, the text number is 941-266-7676, 941-266-7676. You can text us your questions or your comments as well. Um, this is for dating advice. I'm a 40-year-old woman back in the dating world for the first time in 18 years. It's really scary. Do I go online or trust in God that I'll meet someone in a store, grocery shopping, or what would you do? You know, I I have to tell you something, even though a lot of people might disagree with me. I am a huge fan with my clients of recommending online dating if they're clear about what they want, if they're really certain 
of the type of relationship they're looking for, if they have their deal killers, if they're really focused on what they're looking for, I think going online is great. Uh, the other thing I think, though, is that if you're going to go online, you've got to be honest. You have to have a profile that states the truth about everything. You know, you can't say that you're looking for someone who is emotionally available if you're not. You know, you can't put up pictures that are 10, 15 years old. You know, you have to really be honest if you're going to go online. So I'd say the very first thing to answer your question is absolutely go online. Secondly, do you trust in God that you'll meet someone possibly offline? Absolutely. You know, you have to have, I think, both the trust that the right person is going to show up at the right time. Um, but you also have to go and do the work, right? Tell your friends. Let people know that you're interested in meeting someone for what? Are you interested in just a serious, a very serious relationship? Are you interested in marriage? Or are you interested just in casual friendship? Lots of people that say they're ready for deep love, going back to the first thing that I just mentioned to you guys earlier, they haven't cleaned up their past, and there's no way they're open for deep love. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. So much that we're going to cover here in today's show. And I'm really glad that you've chosen to hang out and be with us. Check out our website, talkdavid.com, for more information, information about the guests that are going to be on, and everything you can imagine, all at talkdavid.com. After this break, we'll be right back. I'm David Essel. Stay there. I love that woman's voice, Florence from Florence and the Machine with David Gaeta there. I think that's who she uh, patched up with there for that very, very hot song. Florence's voice just rocks me. Oh, my God. I love it. Of course, you're tuned in to David Essel Live. Call me right now, 1-800-548-8255. Text me, 941-266-7676. Whenever we do the text thing, you know, I'm not a big text person, but oh, my God. The, the phone blows up with text questions about sex and addiction and all this stuff. We'll get to many of them as, as we can. Or you can talk to me on the line for free, free coaching on the air. Absolutely. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. And this is a question about addiction. Um, and it's a personal question, and I don't mind answering it at all. It says on one of your YouTube videos... Um, you talk about a cocaine addiction that you had. How long uh, were you an addict? How long sober? And what led you to stopping? It's a really good question. It's a, it's a very good question. Uh, I was a binge cocaine user for 20 plus years. And I've been clean now since 1996. So what's that? 10, 17, 18 years, something like that. I'm sure Trisha can figure that out at in our studios here in Los Angeles, <laughs> 1996 to 2013. But, um, but yeah, it was a 20-year addiction where I would go and hide away for days at a time. And still, I was a nationally syndicated radio host and, and, um, uh, and an international speaker and all the stuff that I still do today, I did it then. As addicts, we can be very tricky. The addiction is so powerful, it'll pull us away from our loved ones. It'll pull us away from our work. It'll just totally create insanity, not even counting the loss of thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, so I've been, you know, was, was an addict, binge addict for 20 years. 
uh, sober since 1996, clean, totally clean, totally recovered, as a matter of fact. And some people don't believe that there's such a thing as 100% complete recovery. Uh, but there is. You know, there is. There's a 100% complete recovery, absolutely, for any addiction. Alcoholism, nicotine, food, cocaine, spending, shopping, sex, you name it. You can be clean 100%. Never have a craving, never go back out, and you don't have to call yourself an addict for life. That's all a bunch of crap. You don't have to call yourself an alcoholic for life, as some organizations try to encourage you to do. Nonsense. Um, anyway, that's my little soapbox. How did I stop? Do you know it, it was a spiritual experience? I'll tell you 100%. I utilized counselors and lied to them, gone through different uh, outpatient counseling treatment programs, lied to everyone, never did in-treatment, in-house treatment for, for the cocaine addiction. And I would just continue to tell people what they wanted to hear which is very common, right? Didn't want to take responsibility. And in that, the addiction continued. I prayed to God intensely to remove the addiction. And one Tuesday afternoon at 2.30 in 1996, and I don't know why it happened, but I was on my, I was up all night for several nights. That Tuesday afternoon at 2.30, I woke up, went to bed about 9 in the morning, woke up at 2.30 and um, got on my knees screaming out, praying to God to remove the obsession, to remove the addiction. And it happened. I mean, crying, screaming, crying, screaming, you know, and, um, and I don't know what happened. I don't advise people to utilize that technique for any addiction. It might work, but I had screamed and cried for years before that, and it never did work. So, but that's the answer to your question. You know, for everyone out there struggling with cocaine, alcohol, food, nicotine, sex addiction, spending addiction, contact me at talkdavid.com. For 20 years now, I have helped people get clean, and I would love to help you get clean. If you have a friend, everything is confidential. We do it over phone, Skype, or in person. But, you know, probably 75% of our sessions are over phone because of people don't live in the same city as I do. So visit us at talkdavid.com. Email me. Let me know. I'll help you. 1-800, I will tell you this. Sobriety, recovery from any addiction is freaking mind-blowingly beautiful. To be free, there's nothing like it in the world. There's absolutely nothing like it in the world. 1-800-548-8255. You spoke uh, in the past about lavender and sleep. Were you discussing the essential oil putting it on your pillow, or is there another method? That's a really good question. So many Americans struggle with sleep, and there is a, uh, you can use lavender oil, always look for the essential, 100% essential oil of lavender. 100% essential oil of lavender. Make sure that you look for that only, okay? Now, you can sprinkle it on your pillows. You can, um, because it does relax you. You can sprinkle it on your pillows. You can also take it in a tablet form, believe it or not, um, that is called ComAid. ComAid. C-A-L-M-A-I-D. ComAid. ComAid. C-A-L-M-A-I-D. So check that out. Go on the Internet and check it out. And as a matter of fact, they ended up doing studies with this product and they compared the effectiveness with clonazepam and Valium as an anti-anxiety sleep uh, supplement. So I would highly recommend it. Calm Aid. It's great. Great, 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 great. Um, oh, my God. Okay. We've got a couple minutes left in this half hour. Let me share this with you. First, I'm going to set the stage. 
I'm going to say about four months ago, we were talking about uh, intimacy and what turns one person on might turn another person off and 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 what we do for one partner if we divorce them or move on to someone else may not work with the next one in regards to exciting our partner and keeping the flame going in bed, right? So we're talking about this, and we got this woman a call. She had been married 30 years, and, um, and on the air, she said, you know, uh, after marriage for 30 years, our love life had gone to the tank. But then she gave the solution that worked for her and her husband, and then she just sent me an update. Listen to this. David, I called in several months ago regarding my love life after 30 years of marriage. Um, it was dwindling to nothing. Then one day I came home and decided to put on makeup for my husband so that when he got home, I would see what happened. Wow. She goes, his response was incredible. We now are making love again on a regular basis, multiple times every week. I wanted to give you an update. He began, he began shaving daily and gets a manicure every week to match my effort, and it has turned me on too. Our friends are amazed that at this age, we're as rapid as little bunnies in bed every week. Please feel free to share our story. If guys take better care of their appearance as well, it might just inspire the woman to do the same thing. Isn't that a cool little update? That is so awesome. Thank you so much for that, Marianne, for for letting us know how you're doing. And it's true. You know, I've worked with women 25 years now, couples for 25, 27 years now, one-on-one and in group work. And one of the things a lot of women will say is that, you know, my man used to take care of himself when we first met, but now he doesn't shave. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't smell good. He's gained a ton of weight. It's the same complaints that men have about women, right? And so if both couples start taking better care of their appearance, it's amazing the overall effect that could have on your relationship. And and I will tell you that from a woman's perspective, even a small amount of makeup, if that's what turns your guy on, you can ask him if you don't know, could have a dramatic effect on his libido and his desire to make love to you. And we're not talking about showgirl makeup, you know, where it takes seven hours to apply it. And it's the same thing with a guy, you know, a guy that trims his fingernails and his toenails and shaves and brushes his teeth and all those kind of things could be all that's needed for your wife or girlfriend or your partner to start to have a revive interest in you again. And isn't that the re- one of the major reasons you're in a relationship is intimacy, holding hands, um, cuddling together, making love, being highly sexual if you have a high sex drive. Isn't that one of the major reasons that we have an intimate relationship versus just friendships, right? And so why not if it's starting to dwindle? Why not do what you can do to bring that puppy back up to speed? Hey, if we can help you, as we do every Saturday, with anything in your life, contact us at talkdavid.com. Call us, 800-548-TALK. Text us, 941-266-7676. And coming up, there is proof of life after death. Absolute proof of life after death. And this author is going to let us know. Annie Kagan's next. I'm David Essel. Stay there. Now that you know this is my life, I won't be So do you believe 
in life after death? Do you really think there's something out there afterwards? Or are you one of those people that say, you know, this is it, baby. We turn into mush in the ground, worms eat us up, and then all of a sudden it's ashes and dust and that's all. What do you think? Annie Kagan's going to be on with us in a couple minutes. She's the author of the book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, How My Bad Boy Brother Proved to Me There's Life After Death. I'm going to be very fascinated with this interview. I love this kind of stuff, and we're going to find out if it's true and how Annie can prove it's true that there is life after death without any doubt whatsoever. That's what we want to know. We want to have her prove without a doubt for the skeptics, you know, because people like me, I love to believe in this stuff, and, uh, you know, I've never been on the other side and back and the interesting thing is annie hasn't either but her brother has come back to visit her who passed away we'll find out more about it 1-800-548-TALK 1-800-548-TALK you're tuned in to america's positive radio talk show 22 years doing positive talk radio on the air xm 246 streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com if you want to listen to it on your smartphone iphone android etc go to talkdavid.com Click on the XM Radio link, and you can scroll down and find out how to become a member of our text club, and you can listen to it on your phone anywhere you are. And as a matter of fact, October 19th, we switch from XM to iHeartRadio. We are very excited about that. 40 million listeners on iHeartRadio, so we're going to be jumping over to the big boy there. Excited. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, David Essel Alive. On Facebook, just go to Facebook, type in David Essel Alive, and go ahead. Like that page. Seven days a week, free information. Much more coming up. I'm going to share with you much more information. Hey, and remember this, too. Every show that we do is archived. Every show is archived. So if you have a friend that you go, oh, my gosh, I so wish that they would have listened to Annie Kagan today. You can listen to her anytime on my interview here. It will be posted at TalkDavid.com. Usually after 10 o'clock tonight, the night that we do the show, Eastern Time, 1-800-548-8255. Annie Kagan, author of the book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, How My Bad Boy Brother Proved to Me There's Life After Death. Annie, welcome to the show. Hi, David. Nice to be Uh, here. Thank you. How come your brother was a bad boy? Give us examples. Well, my brother was my older brother, and... um, most of his life, or a lot of his life, he did have a romance with drugs and alcohol. He did have that problem. But also, I'm saying it a little bit tongue-in-cheek, because along with those problems, he was also a very free person. He loved mm. people. He he really lived life by his own rules. And so, you know, Bad Boy was kind of... James Dean type of character, I mean. Right, right. Yeah, he was a free spirit. You're saying he's a free spirit. A free spirit, definitely got into trouble, but really didn't hurt anybody, and uh, kind of lived outside the norms of society, which is one, one thing I think makes his messages from the other side a little bit different also than the norm, because it kind of has a little bad boy flavor. What are the really... how, how did he die, Annie? How'd you, how did your brother die? Well, at the end of his life, um, really his addictions took over, and um, he was hit by a car as he was running across the, uh, the highway in the middle of the night, and he was killed mm. instantly. And, wow. of course, I was extremely grief-stricken, 
And then three weeks after his death, to my complete shock, when the sun was coming up, I heard my brother's voice very, very clearly calling my name from above me. Annie, Annie, get up. It's me. It's Billy. And, of course, David, I thought I was sleeping and dreaming. Right, right. But then, you know, he told me, okay, I want you to get up and get a notebook and write down what I'm saying. So as I'm walking across the floor, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm awake. And that, yeah. and that was the beginning of quite an adventure. And and what, what was the first – well, let me ask you this. How do we know – that for, for the skeptics in the audience, Andy, how do we know that this was actually someone contacting us from the other side, happened to be your brother, and not some type of figment of your imagination or something that you really desire to have happen and the power of the mind is so incredible that you've created it? Like, can you give us any specific factual information that even a skeptic would have to listen to? Absolutely, because at first, that's exactly what I thought. I thought, you know what? I'm so grief-stricken that somehow I'm making this up, that my mind is creating this thing, and actually my brother knew that I was thinking that, and he promised that he would prove to me that he was real. And I had no idea what he meant by that. But over time, time and time again, he gave me what's called evidentiary after-death communications, which means he told me things that I had no way of knowing. And over and over, they proved to be correct. Uh, give me an example. Give us okay. an example. Like, like the first thing was, you know, <laughs> I'm in my kitchen, and he's like, Annie, I want you to get this stuff from my car. So first of all, it's very shocking because you're in your kitchen and all of a sudden, you know, you hear your dead right, brother talking right. to you. And the truth is, David, I didn't even know that he had a car. I was in New York. He was in Florida. We hadn't been in communication. So I kind of said, well, what am I, how am I supposed to find your car, Billy? Like, go look in every junkyard in Florida. And right. then he told me to look in his card holder which I now had in my possession because the police had sent it to me. And as I was looking through it and I got to a, a card from a Mercedes dealer, he said, bingo. And when I called the number on the car, I almost fell down when they told me that, yes, they indeed had my brother's car. Wow. So, like, I could document that. And also yeah. I want to say that the things that were in the car were amazing things that I needed to have that were other proofs that involved other people in my life. He actually helped save someone's life. So, I mean, I don't want to spoil the book because the book is kind yeah. of a thriller. It's like, okay, you know, we're exploring the greatest mystery of all, which is do we go on after we die and what really happens? And so has along he, with has... this... Yes. Annie, has he explained what it's like after death? Has he explained, you know, like, is, is it heaven with clouds and angels and cherubs and all that stuff? Is it is it like mountain views and beaches? Like what has he ever explained what afterlife looks like? Oh, my God. Yes. And I, I, he explains it in detail that he don't think has ever been seen or heard before. He He takes you to very, very deep realms, and the usual things that we think of, you know, the harps and the, that's at the very, very, very 
like lower levels of heaven where we kind of meet our ideas. We kind of meet what, what okay. we think, okay, because yeah. that makes us comfortable. Sure, but got he, it. Yeah, but he takes takes us to places that are really beautiful and amazing and completely new. I think one of the really surprising things, David, is yeah. how vast and complex and active it is on the other side. Like, I think my view was always it's kind of like a static place. Right. But it's not. It's a place of great transformation. Now, now, people that pass over, mm-hmm. are they still on some kind of path of growing and learning and all that kind of stuff? Or when, once they pass, pass over and die, do they instantly get everything? In other words, are there teachings that they're learning? Are there lessons still on the other side? Or once you pa- cross over, you, do you just get it? Annie is going to be with us in, in just a couple minutes. Annie Kagan, author of the book. The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, how my bad boy brother proved to me there's life after death. She's going to be back with us right after this break. Get your friends to tune in right now, XM246, or they can listen live at talkdavid.com, bringing you information to radically shift your existence. I'm David Essel. After these messages, we're right back. Stay there. So do you believe in heaven? Do you believe in the afterlife? Do you believe that there's something more than just this solid ground? You're tuning into David Essel Alive, 1-800-548-TALK. My guest, Andy Kagan, author of the book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, how my bad boy brother proved to me there's life after death. You can check out more about the book at AnnieKagan.com, AnnieKagan.com. Annie, just before the break, we were talking about this afterlife, heaven, different levels of it. Do people continue to grow once they pass over, or is it instantaneous enlightenment and there's no more learning? Yes, David, that's a great question. And according to Billy, as you travel through uh, the realms of the afterlife, you're on an evolutionary journey. And that journey is becoming more divine. So actually, you change more and evolve more on the other side than you do even while you're alive, which was a big shock to me. Yes. Right? Hey, so Annie, Annie you know, is, and, is there is there yeah. an end result? Like, so you pass over and your brother comes back, contacts you from the other side, and he's evolving and learning, growing. Is there a place that you get to on the other side where you're completely evolved? Do you come back in human form again? Has he talked about anything like that? Yeah, like, it's very different for different people. So some people come back to Earth and reincarnate. Some people go on to other levels in the afterlife to learn and grow because the atmosphere there is uh, more compatible for what they need to do. Actually, Billy, for Billy, he's he kind of did his last life, and he's going on to another level completely. 
But in order to get to that point, he goes through many realms. He meets higher beings. You know, he doesn't just get there and he's ready for that. As a matter of fact, let me think at some point he's saying, wow, you know, if, if this would have happened when I first got here, well, I just wasn't ready for it. So every step prepares you for another step. And I think one of the things that I learned is that we are forever becoming, forever in a state of becoming. So there's not an end result. There's not a place where someone gets there and then poof, they're not even in that world anymore. They're just gone. Well, actually, he goes to a place where he does go to uh, another level, but then he evolves there. You know, oh so it's, it, it's constant creativity and it's constant evolution. How often con- does he come back and contact you? How often does your brother Billy come back from the other side to grab your attention? These days or while, while I was writing the book? Well, he, Billy well, is still contacting me while we were writing the book. Uh, it was a lot more contact. This summer, I asked for a little vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I'm like, you know what? I want a little vacation. <laughs> hey, does he ever say anything that scares you or makes you uncomfortable or makes you doubt or anything like that at all? Yeah, the only time he scared me, which I document in the book, is um, when he was telling me something about somebody's health. And he did it in a very scary way, in a very scary voice, almost like Vincent Price. And I was absolutely furious at him for scaring me to death. Yes. But at the same time, he was doing it to make sure that he got my attention and that I did the proper thing to help save that person's life. So actually, he scared Mm -hmm. me for a good reason. Yeah, yeah. So now that you're done writing the book and you've asked for a little time off, does he contact you once a week, once a month? What's it like now? Well, truthfully, he contacts me. I'm, I'm just telling him, like, I'm not really ready yet. I need a little more. I need a little more time because it is intense, you know, and, and bringing the book into the world and answering people's questions and people ask me all kinds of stuff and you know, I'm very honest, and some of the stuff I don't know, you know, I don't want to put my own opinion in. I want to stick to what Billy says. So I just feel like before I take any next step, I just want to kind of take a little break right now. Yeah. Now, a lot of us, if we get on to that space of dying, we, you know, whether it's an illness or an accident, we think we might die, a lot of us become very afraid. There could be people listening right now, Annie, that are in the process of dying or maybe their loved ones, they're losing someone and they're going through, they could be going through intense pain. It might be at home, might be in the hospital, whatever it might be. And how do we remove the pain? Well, I have to say, not to be commercial, but there's so much light in the book and Billy's words. I can't tell you how many people especially people who've lost somebody or people who are are ill, about how much comfort there is in his actual words. Because here you and I are speaking, but he's really talking from a very high level, right? Right. Right. And so he really, um, as the great Mirabai Starr, one of my favorite authors, said, you know, he, he really makes you not afraid to death. 
to die. He makes it seem like an adventure. And truly, he gives you a sense of that continuation, and he also gives you a sense that the love will go on, that you will go on, you will not lose your identity, you will not become nothingness. And there's just so much comfort in the actual words itself. Another place you could find the words is, you know, go to Facebook, Afterlife of Billy Fingers. We have a page there with his sayings and pictures. And it's people really love the comfort they get every day just from from his words, from his sayings, because they're... Did, did he ever, um, Andy, did he ever say anything about his death? Did he say anything about the pain of getting hit head-on by a car? Did he say anything about his nervousness of crossing over the other side? Yes, he said that as soon as the car hit him, he felt no pain whatsoever. And mm. that the atmosphere of the other side, like as soon as the light touches you... You're completely healed physically, mentally, and emotionally. Mm-hmm. The atmosphere of the other world is so loving, and what we call God or the divine is so much better than anything you can ever imagine, that if you put all the galaxies in a line, whatever goodness you think is there, it's that much better. Yeah. Wow. Hey, we just got a text in, Annie. One of our listeners said, do you believe we can contact the dead. And then they went on to say there's very little evidence. But do you believe, like, like, could you contact anyone other than your brother? Okay, well, that's a great question, too. And, and I will say that, you know, my mom died after my brother. And since I communicate with my brother, I am able to feel my mother's presence, but in a much different way, because she's not writing a book in a much more normal way. And by the way, that's not true that there's no evidence because Joseph Campbell, the great Joseph Campbell, says that since the beginning of time in all cultures, people have communicated with their ancestors. It's very common, but our society kind of looks down on it. I know I always thought it was kind of superstitious to think that. Right, but, right. But, but really there's evidence for it all over the world. So if you could mm. open up your mind a little bit to the many different ways that we are contacted, sometimes it's a sign, sometimes it's a butterfly. You know, you never know what right. it's going to be. Not everybody is right. going to hear the person talking. Yeah. We're talking with Annie Kagan. For more information, go to AnnieKagan.com. The name of the book the Afterlife of Billy Fingers, How My Bad Boy Brother Proved to Me There's Life After Death. Annie, 30 seconds. Give us 30 seconds of inspiration as we end here tonight. I want to say that once you realize that there's life after death, what does that mean? That means that you're a divine, eternal being. And once you realize that that you know, death is a doorway, not only will you have a better death, but you'll have a much better, more meaningful life as well. I love that. Annie, I'm so glad to have a chance to talk to you. It was fantastic. Wishing you the best with the book and with Billy. (laughs) Thank you so much, David. (laughs) Okay. Have a great night, honey. Okay, 1-800-548-8255. I love that interview, AnnieKagan.com, AnnieKagan.com. Hey, on a totally different note, as we head out of this hour, 
If you're looking to lose weight and you don't know how to do it, we have a brand new program starting Weight Loss for Life. Go to talkdavid.com. Join our group from anywhere in the world via teleconference. It's only $157 a month. Just $157 a month. Weight loss for life. I lead the group. You will lose the weight and keep it off. I promise. Go to talkdavid.com. Stay right there. Much more to come.